I come to the reading <clears throat> time for the reading of God's word. Uh, before we get into that, I do want to, want to remind uh, parents, if you have a teenager, uh, next Saturday at 1030, the same time as our face share, uh, we are doing a food drive. Um, and this Saturday, we're going to be passing out about a thousand of these door hangers, uh, partnering with, with the uh, Fish Emergency Food Bank in Newburgh. And our teens are going to pass out about a thousand of these to, uh, to doors in Sherwood, asking them to donate food. And then next, the following Saturday, we'll go and pick those up, uh, pick those items up. So if you have a young person, next Saturday from 1030 to 1230, uh, we're going to be passing out the door hangers. And uh, we'll stop at McDonald's on the way home uh, for, uh, for lunch. But I uh, encourage you to have your teenagers participate in this. It's a great uh, community outreach um, to, you know, to help uh, this food bank, of course, during this Thanksgiving time of the year. And uh, I also do want to say, Pastor mentioned the youth conference. He mentioned uh, our teenagers paid great attention. There were some, many good decisions made. And he mentioned that there was uh, Johnny Pope preached and some other good preaching. And uh, he was the other good preaching. He didn't want to say that. But uh, he preached three times, and uh, all three of his sermons were home runs, and uh, the teenagers there just were listening like he did a great job, including our young people. And uh, you've been proud of our young people as they listened and paid attention to the, the preaching of God's Word. And I uh, appreciate Pastor Mason being willing to preach uh, at the conference and allow us to go to that. We're going to be looking today in Psalms chapter 65. And verse number four, Psalms 65 and verse number four. And there are Bibles there in the chair back in front of you as well as on the screen. And those who are able, if you'll stand at this time for the reading of God's word, Psalms 65 and verse number four. The Bible says, Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee, <clears throat> that he may dwell in the courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house even of thy holy temple. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for the opportunity we have to come uh, to church, to gather together and fellowship one with another. I thank you for the great music we've already been able to sing and worship you this morning as well as to listen. I pray just um, be with the preaching of God's word. Uh, use our pastor now as he preaches. Help us to be attentive, apply uh, your word to our heart. Thank you for your love to us. In your name I pray. Amen. You can be seated. Here. Thank you. We've been uh, talking for several weeks now on the fruit of the Spirit, and uh, Andy led us in the reading of uh, the first verse that we're going to use uh, paralleling the uh, passage of Scripture in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, and the next one is goodness, goodness, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And uh, I don't know that we'll finish it today because we got a little bit of a late start. Um, I was uh, certainly glad to take time to recognize our veterans. You know, I've, I've often thought, and I remember uh, in the 70s when I was in, in high school, uh, of course, you, you registered for the draft back then, and we were just on the heels. Uh, Vietnam had ended <coughs> when I was in junior high, but... Uh, I was always willing to go, and my uh, two older brothers both went and made careers out of it, did over 20 years. My dad, 34 years. My father-in-law made a career out of it 20-plus years. Uh, two of my brothers-in-law uh, served as well. And so if I had one regret in life, it's probably that I didn't serve. 
Um, I, I, you know, I just, uh, being around it so much, um, and it wasn't that I wasn't willing to go, but God called me into ministry, but my heart really, really uh, is moved by those who do, and I mean that. Um, I, more than one time, I've been on a plane reading a book about a veteran and weeping. I was, one time I was, I, I think the book was Fearless, I believe is the one, and I was, I was sitting on a plane, and a lady sitting next to me, and it, literally, I was crying so much, um, I had to put the book down, and there weren't enough uh, napkins on the Southwest plane for me. <laughs> I mean, I was just thinking about what men and women have done or were willing to do for us. It's just unbelievable. Um, unbelievable. So thank you so very much. You hear me say this from time to time, but I would encourage you, if you have children especially, if they see a veteran, and a lot of times they'll wear the hat, you know, from the vessel they were on or the branch of service, have your children go up and thank them. Stick, uh, my wife and I many times will carry gift cards with us and hand them a gift card. Um, and uh, just, just put that in the hearts of your young people to thank those who have served for us. Goodness. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we ask for your help, your favor. Please direct and guide our words and our thoughts in the few moments that we have. We trust you for the time. We trust you for the moment. We trust you for the message. Forgive us, God, where we fail you and where we fall short. And Lord, help us now in these few moments. Speak to every heart, Lord, as only you can. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Goodness is described and defined as moral excellence. Typically, we think of goodness as being kind, and that's certainly applicable. But it's, uh, and kindness would be uh, very, very similar. Um, But it's typically in relation to the character, what's inside an individual, would be described as goodness. Now, the Bible says there is none that doeth good. No, not one. That, of course, uh, separates us from God in that respect. God who is sinless. The Bible says He is high, holy, and separate from sinners. We're all sinners. But God does command us also, be therefore perfect, um, as your Father is perfect. Uh, And that's talking about, uh, I think, maturity, but it's also talking, I think, about striving to live above sin, but we've got a sin nature, and the work of sanctification is an ongoing process in our life. Nobody here is sinless. Uh, We're sinners by birth, sinners by choice, and boy, I, you know, 57 years of life, I've, I've done some boogers, and I wish I hadn't, but I'm still a sinner. But I'm grateful that I have a Savior who is not, so that... uh, uh, man, well, you talk about a great verse. I, I think Johnny Pope mentioned it. He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. But goodness is uh, that uh, uprightness in our heart and life and character, moral excellence. And it's been said that goodness is when God's character meets man's potential. So with the Lord's help, I just want to mention uh, a few uh, thoughts in relation to The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. Fruit of the Spirit, remember, this is describing you and me as a child of God. 
these things ought to be present. They ought to be evident, and people should see them in our heart and life. If you profess to be a child of God, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be caught, come as a surprise to those with whom you work. You know, it's been said many times, if you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Would, would your, if, if we said to your co-workers, co-workers, yes, he or she is a born-again believer, they're a Christian, they're a child of God, they're a follower of Christ, they're a disciple of Jesus Christ, would they be shocked? Would they be puzzled? Would they look and say, well, yeah, well, I, I knew that. And that's not done by waving a Bible around the office. It's done by goodness, moral character, the strength of choosing right over wrong. And so with the, with the Lord's help, I just want to mention from, from God's perspective and God's goodness and then transition that into ours. Notice, if you would, I want to look at the verse uh, 65, I think it's Psalm 65, verse 4. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied, and we see this, with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. Several things about God's goodness. These accompany the goodness of God. Number one is God gives us a place. That's what church is. The Bible says, forsake not the gathering of yourselves together, the assembling of yourselves together, as the manner of some is, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Church was not my idea. But our culture, listen to me, our, our culture is turning Sunday into second Saturday. Sunday's not an extra Saturday. I'm not, I, listen, I'm not trying to be unkind, but it, every one of you here, listen to me, every one of you here had something to do today. Something at the house that needs repair. Something that you left and it, it could have been done. Some place you're wanting to go. You wish you could take your family to. You haven't had an opportunity to do that. It's on your list. Every, but, but Sunday is not Saturday 2.0. But our world thinks it is. But this is the day that the Lord hath made. And God said one of the things about His house was the goodness that was there. It doesn't mean that we're perfect and we're sinless because we're not. I've already said that. <coughs> but church was... God's idea, and he, we, we were admonished to come upon the first day of the week. That all changed in the New Testament. I understand the Sabbath in the Old Testament, but that, that changed with the New Testament, a new covenant that I gave unto you, and it recognizes particularly the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and I'm not going to get into all of that, but trust me, it's Sunday now. That's why we come to church on Sunday. So God gives us a place well, several things about that. It's a place, first of all, to gather. I know sometimes people say, well, I can just have church at home, and you can. You can, but you don't have to. Now, a lot of places that do. There are places in the world. In fact, I, I was reading recently about uh, uh, some of our Christian brethren in a, in a communist country, by the way, where many years ago they took away their right to bear arms. That's not in my notes, but I just thought I'd throw that out there in case any of you were wondering. It's one of the first things they took from them. Hear me on that. Okay, I don't care what they're saying. It's one of the first things they took. Uh, But they they want your guns, they want your Bibles in those type of countries. But in this particular place, they meet in-house churches. And they meet so secretive that they don't meet at the same location from week to week. And they give different directions to tell their people what routes to take so they're not followed. 
And so a family will have their, their church service. There might be 15 to 20 people, but they'll all come and they'll arrive from different directions, even if they live in the same area. You go here first and you go here first. And so that if anybody's following you, and when you come in, you come in this entrance and they have to sing quietly. Because it can't be heard. Because if they're heard singing, can you imagine having to suppress praise to God? Can you imagine not being able to bellow it is well with my soul when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. Oh, how marvelous, oh, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. Can you imagine living in a place where you can't express that? Can you imagine that? Could we with ink the ocean fill? And were the skies of parchment made? Were every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by tray? To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Oh, love of God, how rich, how pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. Today, while we have the, by the way, and we're, we'll talk about singing and music soon, and uh, in church particularly, but uh, can you imagine, because it's a command all through the Bible, when you sit in church and refuse to sing, you're disobeying God, not Alex. When Alex says, hey, let's stand and sing, you can sit back and say, I don't want to, I don't sound good. That's not the criteria, and I know some of you don't sound good. But God wants there to be a joyful noise. And some of you say, Pastor, it's really only a noise. But if it's joyful, let's bring it. Come on now. God said, this is a good place for God's people together. I think about, I was reading recently about three men who, in, in a communist country. And because they were caught making one such trip, and were found with Bibles, they were all three caught and put in prison for three years. For that right there. You and I, we have the opportunity to come here. We've got them in almost every seat rack in front of you. We throw them up on the screen. You've got them on your iPads and your devices and your phones, and you've got audio versions, and you've got, most of you probably here today have copies lying around. You have, I, I have almost every Bible that I've used for preaching for 35 years of preaching. Some of them are barely hanging together. Some of them I've, I've held the bindings on with duct tape or electrical tape. I've got them all over the place. And God said, I, I'm good to you by giving you a place together. It's one of the beautiful things about the church. I know people say, well, I don't have to go to worship God. No. no. I don't have to go home to be married, but it makes for a better relationship. <laughs> Try that one. No. We're married, but he's there and I'm here. She's there and I... Yeah. How's that working? Uh, it's okay. No, it's not. It's terrible. Man. And yet some people have taken such a casual approach to church... They forget this was God's idea. 
Not man's. He gave us a place together. He gave us a place to get. To get what? To get help. Do you realize that every time we come to church, God has something for me, and he has something for you? Now, I, I could go on and on about that, but the idea is, you may think, if I miss a church service, it's not that big of a deal. And I'm not talking about me as, as the preacher, because you're going to hear better preaching than me anyway. I'm not, I'm not picking myself up as a, as a good preacher at all. But I will tell you this, God speaks through his word, and he speaks through his man. And, and I happen to be the one for here for now. And, you know, down the road, whenever God's done with me here, there'll be somebody else. Ten years, 20 years, whatever it is. I, I don't know, but, but there'll be somebody else. And that'll be the guy that God uses. That'll be the man that God uses. Did you hear that? The man that God uses. Just in case you're wondering, the male person that God uses. Boy, I'm all over the place, aren't I, today? Just in case you're wondering, God put a man, God's idea. You don't like it? That's okay. It's not my idea. It's God's idea. God said that's the way it works, and so there you go. But, but my point is, is every time you and I come to church, by the way, that, that's not to diminish the role of a godly woman. Not at all. This church would be a mess. Can you imagine, can you imagine this place without women? First of all, it'd be ugly as sin. But all that goes on here because of women who are godly and have a heart to serve, I, I'm serious, so don't, so don't misunderstand me, but I'm talking about a position right here, this spot right here, God said, this is guy, I pick a man, and so that, that's God's will. But God says, when you come to my house, it's so that you can get something from him. It would never matter, as long as it's biblical, don't misunderstand me, but it wouldn't matter what text was read what passage was preached, what songs were sung, who was delivering the message. Again, as long as it's biblical, I want to give that as a caveat. God would have something for you every time you come to church. When you approach church, I'd ask you to do two things. Number one, pray for me. Pray that God would give me freedom and liberty and and wisdom. I ask God every time I preach, God direct my words and my thoughts, because I'll be honest with you, sometimes they go, whoo. They talk about chasing rabbits. A lot of times, I come up here with a whole pen full of them. I mean, I, I could go. I'll, trust me, I really could, man. And, and even when I'm pre- preaching, sometimes it's like, where did that one come from? Let it go. Don't, don't, don't chase it down. No, no. You say, does that really happen? Oh, yeah. And if you never do that, you don't have any idea what I'm talking about. And if you do, you're going, yes, there's somebody just like me. Man, when I'm preaching, sometimes it's like, oh, do, I, do I go? <laughs> no, stay right here. Stay here. But every time I come to church, God says, I've got something for you. So I ask you to pray two things. Pray for me, and then secondly, pray for yourself. Say, God, give me something today. And by the way, a lot of times in church, you'll get something that you may not need right now. See, see, here's the thing. The beautiful thing about church is you don't know what's coming next week. For instance, I'll tell you, September 2001. On Sunday morning, that week of 9-11, no, it was a week before 9-11, I preached a sermon entitled, The Blessings of the Storm. 
The next day, we found cancer in Rebecca. You know, as I was preaching that sermon, I remember thinking in the preparation, man, this is going to be a help to somebody. But boy, my life, I remember, I remember preaching that sermon, the blessings of the storm. I could probably almost give you the outline. It's so fresh right now. But a sermon that I preached many, many years ago. The next day, we're in the hospital. Two days later, trying to get the test and find out that she has cancer. Do you know who that was for? It was our family, and I didn't even know it. I looked down every point in that outline, and I thought, well, this is going to help somebody. Yeah, but maybe not today. And you may hear something today. You think, well, that's going to help somebody. It might be you tomorrow. It might be a challenge. It might be correction. It might be, it might be something that God is wanting to do in your heart and life. But don't miss church. Because it was God's idea, and God says, I've got something for you in my house. How many times have we been in church and we've thought, boy, I wish so-and-so could have heard that. I know we have, the, we have the advantage of archiving it. You go look at our live stream, and you can download a, <coughs> a CD or whatever if they, they, they do those things still. I know now everything's pretty much digitized. And, but, but boy, you and I have an opportunity. We go to God's house, and God has something for you every time you come to church. You can look up here and say, well, pastor laid an egg, and I will, and I do. You may think, well, boy, I'll pray for pastor. That wasn't very good today, and that's okay. Just don't post that. Our pastor needs prayer, you know. Pray for him. His wife's already decorating for Christmas. She's not, by the way, but I told her, go ahead. After I read that article, I said, honey, we're gonna, I want to live long and happy, so go ahead. Throw, them up, throw, it, out, throw it out there, but man... When we come to church, we have no idea what God has for us, but God always has something for us. God gives us a place to get. Secondly, God gives us a place to give. And I've really got to hustle. I know where we're at in our time, and I'm only on the first point. God gives us a place to give. What do you give? Several things. Number one, your time. Time. I know not everybody could come, but I'll tell you, it was a great investment in eternity in your families if you came and you stuffed shoeboxes last night. You say, why? Because, listen, those are moments that matter in the heart of a child. Plus, we had pizza. Those are the moments that matter in me. But, man, when I saw some of those little kids there, you know, Danny, your little boys there with those shoeboxes stuffing those, I get to you, they're not, they're not going to forget that. That's a big, big, those are huge moments. You see what church is? It's an opportunity for us to give, first of all, our time. Secondly, our talents. Now, I sing okay. I sing great in the car, and I knock it out of the park. And I, I am so stinking awesome in the car, man. I just like, I don't miss a note in the car. And I sing with some pretty good guys in the car, and I'm listening to them, and they're belting that out. And I'm thinking, I could do that. I'm so right with them. And then every once in a while, I'll turn them down, and it's just me, and I think, oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you know, that wasn't me. That was all you, man. <laughs> And I'll turn that thing back up, and I'll think, uh, I'll just help you out. I'll be kind of the background vocals back there while, while, while you're singing. And, and man, but, but that's not my forte. I can, but to be honest with you, I'd rather preach any day than sing. Now, I love singing because I, I, it's a way of expressing our joy and our praise to the Lord. I love that. But I, could, I couldn't play the piano. I could, but it'd be awful. Nobody would recognize anything. 
You say, can you play the piano? No, man, I, I barely play the radio. don't even use the radio much anymore. But man, I, if I got over there, it'd be awful. But you hear some of these ladies get up there and, and play, and man, it's marvelous. God wants us to use our time, our talents, and our treasure. I, I talk about money every week, particularly when we do the offering. I, I don't know if I've preached an entire sermon or message on money, but it wouldn't be a bad thing because God talked about money a lot. The Bible says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The things that matter to us are those things that we spend our time, talents, and treasure. And I promise you this, when you get to heaven, you're not going to wish you had more of something, whatever something is. You're not going to think, man, I wish I'd have had more stuff. Nobody leaves this life and says, man, I just, I needed some more stuff. Whatever, whatever your stuff is, and your stuff could be, I, maybe you collect whatever, I don't know, it's, 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 it's fine, but man, life is, is full of stuff. But church gives you an opportunity to send it ahead. So we give our time, we give our talents, we give our treasures. You, God does not need our money. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. But God needs your obedience. God needs your faithfulness. By the way, I would much rather try to live on 90% without, with God than 100% without Him. I know sometimes people say, well, I can't afford to tithe. I can't afford not to. I'm so thankful that my dad, first check I got was less than $30. I was working cleaning fish, $1.50 an hour. That's a great job. Man, buck and a half an hour. I was, I was raking in the bucks. And uh, I was paid a little less than minimum wage. Minimum wage was $1.85 at that time. And, man, you're old. Shh, don't tell anybody. Um, but uh, but I, I was cleaning fish, got the first check. Dad said, how much you make? I told him. He said, well, you know, you got to get $3 to the Lord. I said, well, do I have to give $3? Because they took out some taxes. So I made 20-something dollars my first paycheck. He said, no, you give God off the top. Right off the top, before, before Uncle Sam comes along and gets his, you give him 10%. I got to give him $3? He said, yes. He said, don't you, he, he said, do you want to be a thief? I said, what do you mean? He said, you're going to steal from God? You know, it's bad to steal, but it's real bad to steal when they can watch you. I mean, you know, God is the, God came up with the ring program long before it was ever popular. You know, God could say, hey, you, what, what? Yeah, that, that's my money. <laughs> but God doesn't do that. But my dad told me, he said, you give him $3. So I've, been, <laughs> I've been doing that ever since then. Not $3. Okay. <laughs> Every week, faithfully, three bucks. Dad said, (laughs) it's a little more now. But David said, I've been young and I'm old and have never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. Because God's been good. And, And one of the ways that God demonstrates his goodness to us is by giving us this place. Yeah, we got a big mortgage. But it's not my mortgage. It's not your mortgage. It's God's mortgage. Now, technically, the bank doesn't have his signature on it, but we all know this is God's house. This coming together every week, it's God's idea. And God said, I I do it because it's a place to gather, a place to get, and a place to give. Then finally, last thought, it's a place to grow. I am not what I should be. 
I think we could all say that. Not you saying it about me. But I think we could all say we are not what we ought to be. But I want to be further down the road than I was. And one of the reasons I am, if I am better, more mature, a better Christian, a better walk with God, is because of this place. You know, the president's all, you know, one of their campaign things, are you better off than you were, or whatever, four years ago or whatever. And they always, they always say that, either as a negative or a positive. But I got to ask you this, with church, are you better off with church? Just ask yourself. Because I can tell you story after story after story, and most of them heartbreaking, about people who abandoned the house of God, the place that God has for His people, and the great cost that was afforded upon them. Because this is a place to grow. I love seeing our, our little ones sometimes in the evening service. We'll see Alexander up there playing on the piano. Danger. I always want to call him danger. We'll see him up there on the piano. And you know what? That encourages my heart. We'll see Kylie and Julia. And you see how much better they play than they... I remember the first few times, and you see how they're, they're growing. And I want Timberline to be what God wants it to be, a place to gather, a place to get, a place to give and a place to grow. That's God demonstrating His goodness to us. Shall we stand? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed.